friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined tonight uh, on this podcast adventure by my uh, friend, co-host, cat-chugging, acid-peeing, burned, hairy beast, and co-host, Alex Dandino. That's right, guys. This month's theme, the pod edits genetics. Uh, so tonight we will be beginning with perhaps one of the greatest philosophical examinations of the genetic threat to mankind. Uh, Art House Jim, Oscar Dark Horse, uh, number one Oscar snuff Jesus for acid PFX. <laughs> Keep it going. Uh, man's best friend. I truly love this film. I can't wait to talk about it. Before we do that. If you guys like the show, and we hope you do if you're here with us, please take one second right now, right now. Uh, leave the show a rating and review wherever you find us, especially if that happens to be on Apple Podcast app, guys. That helps us out enormously. You can now see our faces along with hear our voices, uh, which apparently one of us sounds like Bill Hader. That was a delightful uh, review that we got, and we've been having a debate. It's Alex. It's definitely Griffey. It's definitely Alex. It's not I'm Alex. more of a James Earl Jones timber. Apps. What? Good. Yes, God. that happened. That's on record now. Nope. Also, guys, follow Bill us Hader on our timber social- for Griffey. How dare you, Alex? No. All right. Follow us on all your social medias. Uh, we're all over the place. Uh, Twitter. We're at Film Alchemist and the number one. Uh, you can also email the show filmalchemistpod at gmail.com with suggestions for uh, any movie you want to see covered. Any theme you'd like us to do for a whole month. We're actually doing a listener theme next month. The pod knows Kung Fu. Uh, any double feature. Any people you'd like to see uh, come on the show and talk movies with us. Any of that stuff, guys. More communication with you is great for us. So now that the business is out of the way. Back to what is prob... I mean, it's like up there. Like there's Citizen Kane, Lawrence of Arabia, Man's no, Best Friend. Nope. Not even close. <laughs> All right, Alex. Had you seen this gem of cinema before tonight i had not this was uh one walk that, me through your one initial that me by. i mean is this like were you like the apes in 2001 a space odyssey or just like what is happening no i was more like how in 2001 a space odyssey where i'm ejecting everyone don't need you no um you know what i uh this movie was not one of my favorites but how fucking dare you but it is absolutely hilarious and absolutely amazing in a lot of ways so i think like for all that while i say it's not one of my favorites it definitely has its merits it's definitely an entertaining time to watch like look it's an hour and 27 minutes like what else do you have to do right now watch an hour and 27 minutes of a (laughs) acid pissing dog that is just living its best life man i honestly it was it's a lot of fun to watch. It's Philistine. makes no sense at all. Philistine. And there is no philosophical debate about it. Um, For those of us uh, whose minds travel the, the higher road, Alex, this is an essential uh, examination of the Frankenstein myth, the King Kong myth, man versus nature, man versus science. This is all the mythos in one. My oh, okay. Sorry. I'd rather, Myself. you know, I'll just watch Frankenstein actually instead. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Did Frankenstein chug a cat in a tree? No, he didn't. He threw a flower and a girl in water. Real cool, Frankie. <laughs> this movie is the better Frankenstein. <laughs> it's 
it's a fascinating. We'll get to all the, the comparisons. It's a fascinating. What movie. I like about this movie, right? I, I was telling you, this was a movie. It's so funny because when this came out, this was still the era of the video store for mm -hmm. me. And so we would go probably every, if not every other Friday, we would go to the video store and we'd rent like movies, right? And usually each kid, the kids total were allowed to get one Super Nintendo game and one movie. Right. And my mom hated us re-renting movies and games because she thought that was a waste. Should I get something new? And they would rent stuff, but normally we didn't like mix, right? We weren't watching their movies and, you know, vice versa. This movie, though, I remember we went specifically to the store because I don't remember if it was my mom or dad, but they were jazzed to rent this specific movie. This movie had a special cardboard standee at the counter, and this tape wasn't even on the walls. They had, like, a display on the cashier's counter. So we didn't even walk in the store to get the rest of our videos. We went straight in to get Man's Best Friend and straight home for probably what was the greatest night in the Griffey household. I'm Short of when my dad, we finished the other best video store story I have from that era is when we got the Blair Witch Project and my it ended and my mom looked at my dad and said, I told you it was real. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think uh, I think your mom. This is definitely uh, this is definitely a Zayn and Griffey rental, like one hundred percent. My my mom is so funny because she's seen so many fucking movies, right? It's like this this thing with her. She like buys every five dollar movie at once. She has all these movies. I was but just she saying has that this weird subgenre of like kind of weird horror films that she loves, and this is one of them. I was saying that just because I know she's a big Ali Sheedy fan, so. <laughs> She's like, wait, I get to see Ali Sheedy cosplaying Judd Nelson? Chuck, please. <laughs> no, but what I love about this movie, right, is at once I think it's this really good kind of man creates monster movie. You have this great King Kong, like, very strange relationship between Ali Sheedy and a dog. Right. But what I was telling you, this movie just has no fat. Right. Like there are a lot of movies that are like this. There are a lot of movies built like this and, you know, in this kind of setup. Right. Like I would say if you want to understand man, best friend. Right. This is the kind of thing you would find for the first time on Tubi and be like, that was delightful. Right. That's the kind of movie this is. Right. But it's it plays more at because it has this kind of cool man creates monster story. But then it it also has Lance Hendrickson's subplot is just wild. Right. Like his, you know, going from scientist to just like i'm gonna shoot security guards things with trank it's just strange right but the other thing that i was telling you this movie has no fat it is essentially a greatest hits album as a movie so like we're doing this story but instead of you know emotional development or whatever we know that dogs don't like mailmen have to have that scene right so they just everyone you'd want to see a dog fight yeah, that gets I think cashed that's in. like the thing that's most entertaining about <laughs> this movie is all of the dog things that you can think of like all the dog gags available junkyard dog on display in this film and <laughs> all like the dog two, things. but like to the nth degree did you know this movie has a 21 percent on rotten tomatoes i find that absurd because this is what pisses me off when you go into a movie, right? And this is what I, I mean. I think that's people a always low. say that it's so low. People always say I'm crazy because they're like, well, you are harsher on there will be blood than man's best friend, right? And I was like, yes, because there will be blood is attempting to be a piece of art that's up here, exactly. right? It's an elevated art, whatever phrase people use for it. They're trying to tell me I have to watch this movie because they are masters of their craft. Yeah. 
and visual storytelling and this and that. So I think it matters a little more if what they do works or not. Man's best friend is just telling me, hey, do you want to see some fucking funny shit? Yeah. And I say, yes, in this movie over delivers on its stated promise. Yeah. Well, and that's what I mean. Of all the best killer, like, do people actually think Cujo's a better movie than Man's Best Friend? I mean, I'm sure there are people who think that. I mean, to me, I mean, though, there, there are there the, are crazy people everywhere. But come on. But to me, though, the thing about Man's Best Friend, because you're right, like painting all movies with a broad brush and saying, is it art is a like the most, I don't know, asinine argument of all time, but also yeah. completely true. I'm not going to put Man's Best Friend and There Will Be Blood or like. I don't know, the King's Speech or whatever else gets nominated uh, for Oscars in the same category as Man's Best Friend because Man's Best Friend is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. Like, just because right. I was You never hear the argument like, is Candy Crush a better video game than Final Fantasy VII? You're like, they're not even comparable experiences. Demonstrably right? different. But that when you give Man's Best Friend a 21%, what you're saying is, because that's how I judge movies, right? I don't judge them based on where they rank in the hierarchy of all cinema, blah, blah, blah. What did you promise me yeah. in the trailer and the poster? Right. And what do you deliver? And that's what I said on knock, 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 knock's another one of those. that got ripped. What did knock, knock, not over deliver on that you wanted from that film? Sure. This is one of those. This movie does everything I wanted and is surprisingly clever and entertaining constantly. Right. Like I didn't check my phone during this movie at all. Like a lot of these movies have the oh, this is the bad acting scene. This is the we have to do exposition to get through the plot. There's really none of that. Like once you hit about 25 minutes, right from the moment he jumps the fence and attacks the paper boy. Right. It is about 40 minutes straight of greatest hits dog doing funny dog shit scenes. Yes. And it's brilliant. And that section of the movie really works specifically because. It's exactly what I asked for. Like, that is the part that yes. I like the most. I, I mean, I, before we really get into it, I want to read off to you uh, the taglines for this movie that came out. I don't know if you've ever oh, read yes. this. Uh, no, I haven't. Companion, protector, killer. Weak, okay. not great. That could be so many movies. Yeah. Where's the dog thing? He'll bite the hand that feeds him, and then he'll eat the rest. That's a good one. That's a banger right there. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> um, his bark isn't half as bad, dot, 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 as his bite. Or his piss. Yeah. No, oh, like this, this, one, this one's for Griff. He makes Cujo looks like, look like Benji. <laughs> yeah, no. Let's, let's be clear about this. Cujo essentially is like old yeller where the masters didn't have the guts to shoot his yeah, ass. Exactly. Right. That's what Cujo gets defeated by a Volkswagen beetle. If I'm not mistaken. Right. They just close the yeah. door and Cujo's just like growling at them. Man's the best son, friend. By the way, if you watch the movie Cujo, you know who the monster is in that movie dehydration. Oh yeah. The son and Max, dehydration are what are dog that and family. man's best friend survives a fiery car crash, fiery car crash. <laughs> we will get into the Terminator. Like, descent of max but what i'm saying is max would have alien queened his ass into that car and murdered d d uh d and her kid i forget the actress name she's in everything she was elliot's mom in et she's great actress right he would have just pissed through the roof and eaten them right like if max was in cujo that movie's over in 20 minutes right but in this movie 
they had to give him worthy adversaries like the surfer uh, talking dog pound guys. Lance Hendrickson, who just Lance? is like, yeah, I'm going to be in every monster fighting movie, which I'm a okay with. Yeah, that's fine. You know, they give him. I would say Perry is not a worthy adversary. <laughs> no. As a matter of fact, I was really upset when Perry did not die. The after after uh, Max ate his brake lines. But I think Perry got a fate worse than death, right? Did he? <laughs> well, I love this movie, too, because they Ali Sheedy, apparently. Right. So her setup in the movie is she's going to break into this lab. Right. That's a B and E. She should, you know, be in big trouble for that. She's a she's expose, a can do reporter. Right. You know, it's a man's she, world. She, she's going to go she's out doing and a big story, she's doing right? a big April O'Neil thing. Yeah. And so she's going to go out and get this, you know, vivisection story and whatever. Right. Steals this fucking lab animal. Who, by the way, we've definitely already seen murder. Yeah. You know, just this uh, nice. No, murdered the uh, contact. The one that was going to let her in. That's right, dude. Pushed her ass in the cage and mauled her. So there is also a scenario, too, that I did not realize until this viewing where Max was out of his cage when the phone call was made. Probably heard that shit. Heard the phone call. Knew they were waiting. Yeah. So Max pushed her in the cage and murdered her and then was hiding in the cage waiting. Mm-hmm. Set this whole fucking thing up, right? I think it's very likely. But just, yeah, pushes her in a cage and mauls her. That's kind of one of the uh, funny plots that they just lose in the movie is that somehow, some way, that lady's dead body is just covered up in the lab. And Lance Henderson's like, get back to work, you fucking pussies. <laughs> and that's just like, you know, the cops mention it once or twice, but it never comes back up. Right. I'm assuming she was in those dead body dumpsters that are getting rolled out by the security guard who's not securing, right? Because he takes community writing classes. But <laughs> but I love the uh, – <laughs> they go in the lab and they're like – because this movie does a great job of how do we immediately identify who people are, right? Right. So we go in a lab and as if seeing a kitten with a hole in the side of it's not bad enough, they name it Goner. Yeah. And oh I was like – that's the kind of gallows humor, like, really? You're like, we get it. They're bad. There's an orangutan who's like, it got the Hannibal uh, dinner scene yeah. hat going on. You know, so it's like, we don't need all that. We already saw a murder. Yeah. But uh, when they get out, though, this is the best. because So she has broken and entered, stolen this dog, stolen this fucking property, right? She doesn't know that the dog, the dog's fine to her. Maybe he's actually getting treatment. Maybe they are saving lives there. She has no fucking idea, right? She steals this fucking dog, and then it it kills a killer, right? It it kills this fucking mugger and groper. Well, hang and gets on, gets her purse I, back. You're like, that's can, fine. Can we talk about that real quick? By the way, the sequence yeah. of events being, she broke into an animal lab, stole a lab animal, and then yeah. you know what? She had to get some groceries before she went home. Like that is a weird. Well, she had to get Alpo and bananas. That is weird sociopathic thinking to think. Oh, you know what I have to do? Grocery shop after I've done something absolutely illegal and terrible. Ali, she had to get dog food. Why not get the essential? Ali Sheedy is a terrifying person in this movie because she herself is a huge sociopath. She's a bad person in this movie. She's essentially playing the part of Judd Nelson from St. Elmo's Fire. Absolutely. Right? She's a bad... Because that's thing. She breaks in, brings this fucking thing home, and this was the part that blew my mind. She uses her assault as a way to try to neg fucking bitch-ass Perry into letting her keep the exactly. dog. Exactly. See, she's... In- it's so strange. It's horrible. But you know, this is what I love, though, right? They do two, three things immediately to be like, Perry's expendable. Don't love him as much as Max. 
One, he owns a parrot, right? (laughs) So he's anyone who owns a parrot is not respectable right off the bat, right? And I know we probably have some parrot owners in our audience. Wait, I'm not saying that it's a bad choice. You think that's Ali Sheedy's parrot? It is. Oh, man, this just changes my whole outview on Perry. Because oh, yeah, I immediately no, no. associated that parrot with Perry, and that's no, no, why he doesn't like they dogs. Have that, they have that scene, so he, like, he's like, man, you're, just, you're constantly bringing stuff home and not telling me, like, that parrot? And then uh, and then he, like, lists <laughs> off two other things, and he's like, now the dog? <laughs> where is where is my prequel movie of how that parrot came to be? Yeah, see, that's the next thing. I want to know how that parrot showed up. Like, <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't understand Ali Sheedy's character, like, because when Perry this blows says my mind. That, I assumed, I assume Perry was, because this is part of my three-pronged attack, right? One, he has a parrot. Two is kind of a hybrid, right? One, Ali Sheedy shows him no respect. Yeah. And he's bitching about how hard it is to pick restaurant menus. So you're like, oh, so he's already, like, an indecisive kind of wuss, whatever. Thirdly... Right after he finds out his girlfriend got assaulted, he's upset about how long it's taking them to fuck. So I'm like, Perry's doing like the three pronged. Perry's making like some not good life choices, yeah, Perry, right? It does feel like Ali Sheedy's like, I'll ride this ginger stallion until I get my own break and then I will leave him for someone better. Yeah, Perry is not handling life very well when we meet him in this movie. Uh, he's not thinking through his choices. But that parrot yeah. is 1,000% Ali Sheedy's. All right. Well, okay, so it would have been four. If he had had a parrot, then that's the final. To me, it's like there are some things that people do, right? Like, I think if he had a parrot, my, he would have my been. My brother had a college roommate who owned a snake, right? And I'm like, guys, unless you're like some kind of scientist, right? Like a Spider-Man villain and shit, you don't need to own snakes. Right. Snakes don't give you love, nor do I think there's any woman worth, you know, hitching your wagon to who comes in and you're like you want to see this uh fucking anaconda maul a white rat she watches that and then goes god damn i'm wet let's fuck right like these are not okay people right there's broken things that's why they have snakes and spiders and scorpions whatever the fuck people have right so then you see max he's a respectable uh rapist murdering pet although and so that's what I do. They set Perry versus Max, but then they turn it in a weird way. And this is where we get the Max seemingly wants to do a species with Ali Sheedy. Oh, yeah. Like Max seemingly. Because the weirdest scene is when Perry's like, oh, I'm so glad you didn't get all the way assaulted tonight so we can bed down like a creep. Yeah. And then Max does the. Yeah, the little telescope, the little periscope. Little periscope well, it's so pad. weird because when you mix in dog breathing with the voyeur key angle, I was like, are we watching Peeping Tom again? What is happening? Here? I would actually go. I would take a step back from that, though. And it's when the creepiest thing for me and I was like, oh, my God, is he going to try to fuck her right now? Is when she goes downstairs to, like, check on him and she lets him in. And starts rubbing his belly. And they did that close-up on the belly. I'm like, is the dick about to pop up out of the fur? Or are we going to see something really weird and she's going to get like... Yeah. Like, if that's this movie, I'm never going to let Griffey pick movies again for this pod. Because that would have been you like... thought that was going to be the splice scene? <laughs> Dude, seriously. I thought it was going to be the splice thing, well, this for is, sure. I will say this. What you... I, I deem them movies where uh, a storytelling crew deems himself untrustworthy. <laughs> And man's best friend definitely has that vibe. You're like, 
whatever they show me next, I'm not going to be that surprised, <laughs> right? You're like, because as soon as they hint that perhaps this dog also wants to bed down with Ali Sheedy, you're like, this movie is wild. This movie is right. going to take me to places that I did not expect to go. And that's fine, man. That's part of the built-in journey. The weird thing is, because they, they do this thing, too, where they give Max a sex scene, which is probably one of the strangest scenes I've ever seen in a movie, where Max goes back to the house of a collie where he was snubbed, where possibly the humans aren't home, but somehow they can open all the doors in the house. The collie runs up to a human bed, gets in, kind of looks back max comes in kicks the door closed and then we just hear an epic sexual howl that's it was well i remember because i was watching it just laughing i was like oh what a because i told you i'm fascinated by movies that make weird choices right because we've worked in in movies and you know hollywood before there's so many layers and everything takes so long I'll tell every you the- decision usually gets nitpicked. I want to know how many people were like, of course, we should have, you know, a lawnmower man style sex scene between this mutant dog and I a would, collie. I would actually point to a smaller choice in that scene, which is who I hope it was the director who had the foresight for this. But I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, who told him to close the door? That was like the funniest thing. Like, I could not stop laughing. Well, there was also the weird, did they train the collie to look back at him? Because well, I was they, like, this scene is playing, like, well, very rapey. Did they train the collie <laughs> to, like, get in like, bed and, like, give him bedroom eyes and be like, what are you going to do, stud? And he's like, all right, fine, let's do this. And he hits the door and he's like, oh. Like, it was well, it's so one of those scenes, weird. too, that. Because <laughs> it. But entertaining. This is what we learn later is that Max is so much more. Than the the sum of his parts in a way, right? Like, because <laughs> this is what I'm getting at at a point. I'm like, why did Max peg that collie as the perfect mate, right? Like, why wouldn't he be trying to species it up and collect more DNAs? Is it a lassie? You know, and then also you're like, wait, thing? everything else I see coming out of him is acidic. How does that work? Maybe it's a lassie. You know, it's thing. just it's strange. It's straight. Yeah, like does he have like he's like got like those bird colloquias. You know, he's like, then I give him a bird colloquia so he can, like, you know, rub it around and not be acid damaging. I don't know. It's weird. But that's what I mean. I was watching a movie tonight for the podcast. I didn't expect to imagine, uh, you know, the inner workings of like dog sex in a human bed. Well, who knew? You know, that's that's what happens when you watch man's best friend. Indeed. Yeah, I uh, it was a fascinating um I mean, that whole so that takes place in the sequence with like a lot of these great like movie beats, because to me, like, like, let's see the uh, the newspaper kid, like he's clearly a shit and he totally almost gets what he deserves. All the children are terrible. That what he deserves. He's throwing his maybe it's because I'm a former paper boy. Not only he was doing his job. Not only that, though, all the kids are like super antagonistic in this movie, like all the kids there's no parental supervision in this movie. There's a all. lot of the Lord of the Flies energy with these. No kids, parental sure. supervision at all. Like, well, I all. thought it was weird where it's like, so the the stuffy old man who lives down the street is just okay with his kid like rollerblading down to yeah. Ali Sheedy and Perry's house. Yeah, like he just rolls into their house like it's not shit. That's very strange. 
That's very strange. Yeah, I don't get that at all. It makes me uncomfortable. Like, I, I again, I just don't understand how terrible these parents. That's another reason to do. not like Perry because you know Perry's behind that shit. Right, Perry's definitely behind that shit. And then, uh, <laughs> I mean, my personal favorite though is definitely the cat. <laughs> the cat scene. Well, uh, this is what I mean though. You can go through in this movie. That's what I said. But There's that, a like, point where it kind of forsakes narratives. Right. You just get like a greatest hits, which wandering. you get the dog, you get the cat stuff, you get the um, acid pee. Him, him chugging that cat is one of the most memorable scenes of any movie in my life. I laughed hysterically. I think about that scene all the time. You know the it's other kid. Fucking awesome. You know the other kid in that was uh, the kid from Jumanji. Jumanji kid, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so funny, too, because what I like about this beat, right, is there is this, you know, they keep telling us there's a ticking clock of mad scientist has done something bad. We kind of get a hint in the lab that there's, like, prime directives. So through through drugs or whatever it may be, Lance Hendrickson is somewhat able to control Max. Yeah. But Max breaks his train, right? Like, the, the pheromones of love have made him run wild, and he's he's escaping, right? Right. But then they keep saying, like, he's going to have a full psychotic break. And you're like, that was like five dead people ago. What are you talking about? But they were like, cat, murdered, paperboy's bike, eaten, Uh, (laughs) mailman, uh, murdered and kind of poorly buried under the Yeah, I like how we're just like, like it's like Lance Hendrickson Hendrickson has that, like, uh, smoke show, like, uh, smoke show countdown clock in the background telling him when... Max is going to go ape shit. I'm like, he, he's it's the one who happened. built Alexa. <laughs> but Athena, like, it's already how much longer. That's yeah, like, it, but that's what I mean. It's cra- It's like, we've seen him do so many bad things. Yeah. But then it, even like every time they try to justify it, where well, the kid's like, that cat is mean to me. <laughs> All right. Well, it deserves to get chugged by a dog. And then the mailman has this like dirty, hairy routine where he's like, you must not know me. I'm the mailman bear mace right like he's dog the bounty hunter right and you're like does that make him a bad mailman i think that makes him a very smart male well i think that's the weird thing is and i think that's the strange thing about the movie is it tries to make people who are generally not culpable culpable like oh they clearly deserve like perry (laughs) is the only person who seems to deserve the hatred that he is bestowed that is bestowed upon him and that's because he has a pair i mean never mind (laughs) <laughs> nope it's because he's no but that's what they do but that's what i mean they give everyone such weird little like we see this dog murder a cop with a yeah. fucking throat rip and why because when he's on patrol he walks around and eats an entire bag of lays and is willing to just chug a milkshake that's not his and you're like perfect excuse for that cop to get murdered we know he has a wife at home like this is a serious scene yeah and we just play it off. It's fine. Well, again, it's like it's the movie like is trying to say like, well, this person's bad. I'm like, for drinking a milkshake and for eating yeah. chips. Like, are we really gonna like? Yeah, he's bad like, at dieting. Yeah, I agree. Like when he killed the mailman, I was like, oh, like who doesn't carry around mace? Like my wife carries around mace. Like it's just part of the deal. You don't trust people. It's part of life. I don't yeah, know well, what... they didn't say he was like running around macing the old ladies. Like he's no, macing he's murderous dogs. Himself. He's probably yeah, <laughs> macing dogs who fuck with him, which is probably a lot. But the mailman, mailman scene is a great example of something else this movie does, which is while these insane fucking setups are happening, right? Here's the mailman who's doing his job. They're trying to hint that he's a bad guy because he clearly maces every dog he sees. Again, 
Dogs should be in your fence or on a leash, whatever. Why are all these dogs running around getting maced? Right. And the owners just don't know about this and complain to the post. Anywho, right? But as this is happening, as he's about to attack the cat, as he's getting hit and attacks the paper boy, right. the music that is playing during these scenes is the exact same that you would hear in, uh, you know, any family romp where they get a wacky pet. Yes. The music it in is this movie wild, is wild, made key. for TV, funny pet movie. This <laughs> movie's music score is so straight from Beethoven, it's weird. Like, <laughs> it honestly, like, the opening credits, which, by the way, opening credits are an all-timer for me. It's just, like... Well, they, yeah, on, they do cheers, cheers, but with dogs yeah. and then into demon dogs. Yeah, and then all like demon dogs because they change the key. <laughs> like basically the music goes with the like the titles go with the music. So like the music is playing and it's this like really pleasant light, like Beethoven like uh, score. <laughs> and then literally there's a key change and it like switches to images of like demon dogs murdering people. And I'm like, can we get those woodblock paintings in red? <laughs> OK, good. <laughs> That's exactly it went from it Renaissance to Suspiria. <laughs> it's it's so bizarre, and yet I'm totally engrossed the entire time. But that's what I love. This movie makes so many weird choices, just weird decisions. It's bizarre. Right? Because this is something they unveil later, is that Lance Hendrickson is not doing this is some kind of – because he keeps saying, he's like, I'm not testing hair products here. I'm I'm trying to save humanity. <laughs> And then as it goes on, it's like, from what? Yeah. How in the fuck is a Max supposed to do? What is Max do? This? What is Max doing for the world that we didn't already think? Like again, when you think about Max, you look at like, well, <laughs> when you look at Max or a movie like this, you think about all the other things people have done in the name of science. You're like, well, there's the atomic bomb too. You could have just thrown one of those out there. Like, yeah. if we're all just gonna like create a killer dog with five different <laughs> animals inside it for the name of science. We're, I think we're, I think we're off base, guys. Like nobody needs. Yeah, a ma- there, there are better ways to try to help humanity. They're right? just better. And animals. then at a point, you get to the point where you're like, Max does two super strange things, and I was like, what animal did that come from, and how does that help him be a better guard dog? Yeah, right. Which is when Max, <laughs> Max pre knows before he is asked what a brake line is. Yeah. And how to rip it out. Because not he didn't see the mechanic put it on there, and that's how he ripped it out. The mechanic said, ha ha, hand me that brake line. Hey. And Max does it. So Max already knew before he decided to rip Perry's fucking brake line out. Also, here's probably the strangest scene. So Perry gives him rat poison dog food, right? He's like, I'm going right. to get even with this motherfucker that tried <laughs> to kill me, right? Makes sense. If That's like the only reasonable thing Perry does in the whole movie. When he then gets attacked, right, and he's chased out of his house, Max somehow goes back to the front porch after we see him trapped in the house, gets the dog food, and we see him dump it in the toilet to flush the evidence of Perry trying to murder him. Because <laughs> at one point, I had to like rewind it a couple times because I was like, wait, did he throw up the parrot he just ate? I'm like, there's no green feathers. It's like tartar. And I was like, here's that's my, what fucking Perry poisoned him with. Here's my question. Do you think that there's an extra animal? Do you think man is one of the animals included in Max's DNA sequence? 
I mean, because I got to be honest, Lance Hendrickson, Hendrickson's character strikes me as the type who would be have that level of hubris. Like I he see, would put himself in Max. There's a little bit of a splice thing going on here for me. So you you really do think this is just furrier Pumpkinhead? I dude, like there are. That's the exact premise of Pumpkinhead. <laughs> of the animals, of the animals listed in Max's DNA. Absolutely none of them know what a fucking brake line is. That has to be preternatural understanding of what things Why are. Why are they hiding the evidence of Perry being a bitch in the toilet? Because he wants to get Perry himself. He wants to get Perry himself. That's a, that's a distinctly human, human, human trait. That is uh that's that's not that's like jealousy mixed with sociopathy mixed with mm-hmm. um you know uh I wouldn't say hubris, but it's definitely some form of it. There's a but that's what I mean. Other things he does, right? Like when he comes back is like, you know, the Anakin Skywalker of dogs where he's all fucking yeah, face melted. There are distinctly human sees, features. Yeah, he sees Spike in the house. You're like, I get that. That's jealousy. That's rage. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I was like, there's a couple other scenes where you're something is really happening. Here, yeah, right? there's there's a hu- there's a human. There's some human in there somewhere. Yeah. And that's a, and it's weird because as the movie progresses, we run out of, you know, junkyard guy with the shovel mailman with mace people to murder and you're you get to the point where you're like this is getting really because i thought for sure he was going to kill perry right me too but perry's another one of those that's not an animal reaction when that is a very human through the door <laughs> dude when he hits perry and they start breaking that shit unbelievable i laugh but this so is what hard. he does though he drags perry's bitch ass out by the leg and pees acid on his face to scar him and make him ugly like he probably feels. And I was like, dude, that is not like I have been watching since we've been in like lockdown. I've watched every National Geographic show on Disney Plus. That is all the animal docs on Hulu, right? Like me and my kids are watching animal shit all day. That is a distinctly like, human thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, there was that one documentary I watched on chimpanzees. <laughs> Where apparently chimpanzees have gang fights. I don't know if you heard this. Awesome. Where, like, they'll come in and they'll, like, fight over turf, right? And whichever chimpanzee gang wins, they will eat and murder all of the other chimpanzees' offspring and then start raping the chimpanzee women. It's like real Conan the Barbarian shit. And you're like, what in the fuck? So maybe that's the animal Max has. (laughs) I don't know. Perhaps. it's, It's like he has this wild human streak in him. Right. Which is crazy, and then at the end they try to do, <laughs> they try to do the the noble redemption of <laughs> Max. <laughs> the poor Lance Hendrickson. All he wants to do <coughs> is make the world a safer place with multiple genome dogs, and Max. Who, by the way, Max should have been a little more protective of his uh, creator. By the way, I do have a problem with that. Like, he's very protective of but, Ali but, but, Sheedy, but who put thing. him in harm's way. I think he orchestrated his own escape with Ali Sheedy, right? Sure. So I think, in a way, he's playing along and then, for the first time, felt real affection. Lance Hendrickson is a classic Dr. Frankenstein. He made this creation. He lords over him. It's not an equal learning partner thing. Right. Plus, Max is probably smart enough to be like, you are fucking up every animal in this lab. That makes me uncomfortable. Okay. Right? Yeah. So Lance Hendrickson was on his own path to destruction because he desperately wants to make something 
greater than himself, right? Better than us, but hope right. we can control it. Well, the road it's kind of what a lot of these genetic movies do the is, road to hell's is they want to create intentions. these big, grandiose, yeah, ab abominations to nature and just assume because we made them that they'll be cool with us. Right. And I was like, were you never teenagers? Your parents made you. Do you ever remember telling them, fuck off and die? <laughs> <You know>? Like, <laughs> teenagers are the max of the animal kingdom, you know what I mean? Like, right. they all fucking hate their creator, man. That's how that shit goes. Yeah, I mean, it's a, uh, yeah, it is a weird, like, that whole, se that whole sequence, like, I mean, Max survives a fiery car accident that almost no one else does. And again, he's half blind at this point because he got blinded by the guy mm -hmm. from Blade Runner, which is an awesome Dude. scene, by the way. Fucking love that scene. This movie has great character actors, man. I, But again, I was like, he's like playing this nice, humble junkyard man. And then all of a sudden he's like, get over here. And he's fucking smacking him with a shovel. And immediately bark training goes to a blowtorch. You're like, that is, again, the movie telling us, just trust us, he's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a lot of that, like, assumption of badness. But ultimately like Lance Hendrickson gets electrocuted <laughs> and again I'm just I still am like you know So Robert Costanzo is the overweight detective right love that guy god damn it where is I absolutely love that actor he's is it JD Daniels that the actor who plays that guy he um I actually know him best as the waiter from the movie Forget Paris. I cannot tell you what other movie he's in. I just know he's the waiter <laughs> in Forget Paris with uh, Billy Crystal and Deborah Winger. But yeah, like the end. William Sanderson is the junkyard man. Yeah. Okay. William Sanderson. Cool. God, I'm so bad at names. I always have to look them up. But yeah, I just, but this is, I was telling you the other theory I have about this movie, right? Because again, the ending is an all time banger, right? Where, so Max tries to defend the woman he loves, right? She puts the knife down. They come back. Their bond isn't broken. Smashes Lance out the window. Gets blown away. What we learn is that Perry, again, another way to nag Perry with the audience, he brought a secondary murder dog into their house. Spike is the one that murders Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> I mean, we really. So they, they literally went from Ali Sheedy's like, hey, I stole the Terminator and it wants to have sex with me and kill you, Perry. And you're like, well, that's an inappropriate partner thing. That's a bad decision. Then Perry's like, hey, I brought home Macaulay Culkin from the good child. <laughs> and he's going to fucking kill you with like a blender in the shower. All right. I have a There's a second murder dog in the movie that skates just because he's cute and named Spike. All right. Question for you. Do you think there's yes. a script? A version of this script that exists where Allie, Sheedy, and Max get down. Let me tell you, I believe there is a 1,000% chance that the scene with the collie, at one point, whether it was on a legal notepad or was just a note, replace collie with Allie? Question <laughs> or just random woman? Like, I 1,000% believe because i mean there he is, was 100 supposed to have sex with a real person in this movie it's a king kong riff right for sure the twas beauty killed the base right when max gets blown away right it's like i understand that but i was like it is so much creepier in this movie it is possibly the creepiest human pet relationship in any movie i've ever seen right i'm sure there's a couple i'm missing but this one is real weird they Real were totally weird. supposed to have sex. 
100%. (laughs) There's a version of this movie where that dog has sex with a human That's probably the sequel, right? They were going to do a whole Jaws thing with this, I bet. Cause at the well, yeah, because at the end you see, the, um, you see the Collie's babies, and one of them's the mutt, and yeah. it's clearly Max. And he's just... It's, it's, it's got to be somewhere, you know? Like, that... <laughs> but what I love about this movie, and this is what I'm saying, though, I like that this movie's so fucking wild, but also, it just has these really great actors. You know, there's a lot of really good stuff happening, right? Again, this movie never stops to say, hey... Take us more seriously than just the fun, you know, murder dog movie, right? Right. It's not trying to be Jurassic Park where, you know, let's, you know, really ponder some of this. Like, just come have fun with us. But what I was telling you, what what I miss is that the movies like this used to have Lance Hendrickson and Ali Sheedy in them. Right. Now, I feel, in a little bigger budget, so you can go out and get those extra character actors that really make the movie, right? Right. Whereas now I feel like if you made Man's Best Friend today, I mean, what, what, where do we see this? This is an asylum. Oh no, this is everything. This is an asylum. Like poorly movie. computer like, This is drawn. a sci-fi. This is a sci-fi direct VOD. Like, yeah, Max looks like the shark to puss, and you know everything. You know, you just get all these like former you know TV right. heartthrobs but, to be in it, and it's just right. not. But th- that's, that's what where... I mean. This movie is a silly kind of romp through a fun idea. But it has really good performers in it. It does. But I think that's... And that makes a big difference. Well, and I think that's what makes the movie, in my opinion, tolerable at all, simply, is because you can see... How dare you? Sorry, man. How dare you? But you can see the bones of all these other great movies. Or, I don't know about great. You can see the bones of everything (laughs) everything that's come after it. Like, those Asylum movies would not exist without a movie like Man's Best Friend. Are you saying this is the watershed Hollywood moment? <laughs> I'm saying this is the watershed B-movie moment. Like, there's no way you get movies of the week and that kind of thing of this quality without a movie like this coming out the gate. Corman first. aside, Man's Best Friend did this. No. <laughs> I also have to know, that, okay, the director... I'm just wrote, saying, though, Do you? The, you're, you're saying you didn't like this movie particularly. I'm saying I'm this movie you. was not one of my favorite movies, but I can see for what it is, like the merits of it are very strong. Getting to see that cat get chugged, getting to see him go camo on those dogs. Like they literally, they literally just said, what if we did a predator scene with Max where he blends into a horde and he, he closes the garage door on them. I'm not saying and then that lets them all the fuck of these out. That's parts are not power entertaining to watch. I'm saying overall, the movie is not as, good as i would say other movies what i'm telling you right a huge way that i judge a lot of movies is how many times do i think i will recommend to someone else that they should watch this movie right like you watch it and you go you'll be at a party or you'll be talking to a friend and you'll it, you'll think of this movie like dude have you ever seen this fucking wild movie called man's best friend you should check this out you'll love it and you will do that multiple times for the rest of your life now Right, but are you see? Here's the other, but see, here's the caveat to that argument because I agree because like, it's fun and it's awesome. But no, I agree. There's are there are instances where you recommend movies that maybe people have not seen. Like yeah. I do that. Like one of my one of my go tos when people talk about movies like Dark City is always the one I tell people to watch. Like, oh, you should see Dark yeah. City. Oh, do you like The Matrix? Watch Dark City. They're not really the same, but you know, there's you know leather jackets in that one too, color palettes and shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
but I would reality s- bending. But then there are movies where I say, "Oh my god, I've seen this movie. It's fucking bananas." But this is like because that's man's best friend to me is a movie. I'd be like, "Oh my god, man's best friend's fucking insane." Oh, what is it? And I describe the movie. But this is not one of those situations where I think anybody I know besides like you and me and probably the people who listen to us would watch this movie. I bet Andrea would love it. Your wife. I bet your mom would love it. Donna Dandino. (laughs) I bet this is going to become a new thing for you. They're going to be like, oh, we like Alex. He's the man's best friend guy. He gave us that gift. My mother probably likes me because I'm her son. And my wife likes me because... I mean, you've been playing that card for a long time, friend. you got to start giving something back. Oh, uh, I gave my mom Black Swan. If you guys remember the Black Swan episode, that was a, <laughs> that's an all-timer. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I mean, this is not the same. Your mom will actually like this one. I think my dad would like this movie considerably. And this is one of those movies I'd watch with my but father. But that's what I mean. Two minutes after the movie ended, my wife was texting her dad saying, you have to watch this movie. You will love it. And to me, I'm not. I honest to God that, think that's one of the greatest compliments a movie can receive. I don't disagree with you. But what I'm saying is for me personally, I did not find the movie nearly. I found the movie very specific. I did not think it was necessarily good, but it was very, this but it was very entertaining. A rock hard, lean narrative, philosophical beast. It's not, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> It is. Did you not ponder? Did you not ponder whether or not he should have just because he could have? No, I didn't ponder any of that. That's the genetic question in every movie. The genetic question in this movie is not should you. What if you could put Max in your house and make sure that some mailman wouldn't mace your kid? No, no, no. Hang on. The the genetic question in this movie. Oh, you want your kid to get maced? No, no, no. Hang on. The genetic question in this movie is not that. The genetic question in this movie is, yeah, don't do that. That's bad. Don't do that. (laughs) Is it, though? See, I'm with Lance Hendrickson when he killed this that, uh, that raper. Same, this is literally when he killed the, the raper, exact and Lance Hendrickson scene. said he doesn't deserve a bullet. It's the he exact deserves same a medal. argument as Jurassic. Remember in Jurassic World when they talk about all the things they make it this they make this uh sure. they make that fucking sure. dinosaur like oh he camouflages sure. himself oh he's also like super strong and crazy got it cool sure. why would you do any of that see it's the exact okay, but same here's thing. the difference because Jurassic Park is hey, we can have a more expensive Disney World for fucking assholes that think those are good vacations, right? That's what Jurassic Park is all predicated on. It's an amusement park. And people who willingly spend lots of vacation time to go to amusement parks, you don't feel bad for. You do not feel bad for those people. Max can come into your home and protect what's most important to you. He can protect you from mayhem, Alex. Yeah, until five hours go by and apparently he just goes fucking ape shit. So, no, he cannot. Well, because if Ali Sheedy, the uh, eco-terrorist of the movie, <laughs> hadn't removed Max and he was still getting his proper brain drugs and, you know, his techno commands or whatever. So this is like he would have continued to be a well-oiled machine. Except for the one intern he had already murdered. Yeah. Or the one scientist so he had already murdered. So this is closer murdered. to like this is closer to like deep blue sea than anything. And we learned a lot of lessons. I guess, in that but movie. again, what's the value oh, those sharks are gonna cure Alzheimer. Okay, so see those sharks have a, a specific value to society. Max has a specific value to society. Right. The Jurassic Park dinosaurs have no value. John Hammond describes them as a flea circus. Sure. Understood. What I'm saying, though, is why do you combine all these things into one? Ca- like, it's it's not, it's 
not the genetic question. The genetic question of this movie is not you didn't think to you didn't think you you didn't think to stop. Maybe I shouldn't. The genetic question in this movie is we should not be doing this. This is a terrible idea. This dog is like ultra powerful and he gargles cats like they're you know I don't know fucking mouthwash. That's a terrible idea. This is a bad. Like, this, he honestly looked like me when I opened a Pringles can. Just <laughs> just entire bricks of chips falling into my face. Don't worry, I can take them down. Yeah, what no, I'm I saying, mean, I get what you're saying is that man's Jurassic Park friend, has a minor amount of philosophy, right? Well, Whereas man's best friend discussing. is essentially like when KFC's like, "Hey, why not put all your food in one bowl?" Well, there's literally an entire 15 minute <laughs> scene in Jurassic Park where they're actually discussing the philosophic philosophical debate of whether or not this is the right, right thing to do. This movie is much more direct in its approach, and says That's quite because simply, "This movie's fucking muscular and lean." He doesn't I, have time to fucking ponder. It makes us ponder. So not only are we sweating from the high-paced action, you know, of the movie and the tense stakes, we're also getting brain sweats from trying to figure out, would I want a Max if it would make sure my kids were alive and my enemies were dead? No. That is not my experience with the movie, but I am glad that you had that as well. <laughs> I think it is equally as deep as Jurassic Park. I the Jurassic Park dinosaurs have no value to the world. I None. think that it's I think that it's a fun movie to watch and it has a lot of merits. I probably wouldn't watch it again. You are lying to yourself. I guarantee you show this to people you love in your lifetime. I will get I will show it to people. I showed I'll, it's not one of those. It's not a highly recommended movie for me, but I'll certainly show it to people who I think actually would care to see something like that. See? But you know those there movies you, you recommend to people and they never watch them? This is probably that kind of movie. See, I feel like they might. Like, mine is when people are like, oh, you know, you should rewatch again The English Patient. Like, that movie gets it. Okay. I'm like, that's like, when am I ever going to have 20 hours in a row? That's an insane example, though. Like, literally, no one. <laughs> okay, hey. someone. I'm going to tell you right now. Someone walked up to me and said, you know, what you should give a rewatch to The English Patient. I'd be like, you know, what you should do. Fuck yourself. That's what you should do. I'm not like, saying that that has happened to me in the streets, but if it did, if there was one trait that Max would get from my DNA, it's analogies that go the full distance. You know what I mean? <laughs> my analogies brave. The it's new analogies world. that literally that are comparing like apples and some fruit that is like from the Andromeda galaxy that no one's seen, heard, or tasted before. You know what's weird? I guarantee you, a listener is going to email this week and be like, "Dude, that English patient thing happened to me in a bar." Okay, if a pay, I bet that's happened to people. I'm going to tell you right now. We thought of a theme today for a show. If the Engl if that English patient thing happened to someone and they can actually verify it, I will watch that fucking movie for this podcast. <laughs> but you won't rewatch Man's Best Friend. But I will not re be rewatching Man Man's Best Friend. If I told you right now, at risk of being branded and shamed by our audience, what do you give Man's Best Friend out of five? And you can do halves. Out of fives? Out of five? Yeah. Three and a half. Three and a half is good. That's good. I didn't say I didn't enjoy the movie. It's just not like my favorite thing of all time. I mean, that is such a fucking slap in the face of this movie. I don't know what to tell you. Sorry. We're not always going to agree. Isn't Sorry, dude. Sorry, man. I guess that's the end of the pod. I guess you're right. more of a homeward bound <laughs> guy yourself. Well, all right. End of the pod. Very nice. Working with you. I guess we're going. Well, I mean, we, we did a couple hundred movies. That's good. <laughs> Fuck you forever. <laughs>
Why the pod in? This Ugh. one actually, when you Man's said you didn't really love humanoids from the deep, and in fact may hate it, I was like, I get that. Oh no, I would never I compare really this don't to humanoids from the deep ever. I really don't understand how you could not like this movie. I didn't say I didn't like it. I said, I look, I enjoy. If you don't watch this movie ten more times in your life. That is an insult and a disgrace. To I the enjoyed cinema. a large chunk of this movie. I just thought it was a little gimmicky, and, and you know that was the part I liked. But it also distracted yes. me from the overall philosophical value of the film. <laughs> I needed more time to ponder instead of sweat during that high-speed cop car leaping. Scene. Well, you're the one ask. You're the one asking questions, man. You're the one saying this is a sure. philosophical banger, and I'm saying it is. Well, not. that's because I can do both, man. I can Bruce Willis through the tower while pondering. I'm why sure I'm Bruce you can. I'm saying tower. this movie cannot. You fucking absolute piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Our friendship is it. We'll talk off air. If we're back this week, you'll know that we patched it. Up. Our friendship's <laughs> about this big right now. I'll tell oh. you what. You don't see that. You're going to play the game, yeah. right? It's over. I, I've tolerated a lot of shit from you. But this might be the line. Don't even think about going there. Do you have any idea how many <laughs> fucking movies I've watched because of you? Don't even start with that. Because I only picked the best one. Dude, we were going to do we're gonna do a musical theme month for you. For you. What are you That's talking you. about? Literally, none of it has yeah. ever come up. Don't, don't well, yeah, like. I, also, don't I like make it seem like you're some magnanimous person for like letting me theme something like that. What is that? For me to watch four musicals is so much more painful than you watching one Man's Best Friend. I wasn't in pain watching Man's Best Friend. Now, you made me watch Taxidermia and Humanoids from the Deep and a bunch of other weird shit that I personally never wanted to watch my entire life, but I did it. Well, here we are. We're the pod that talks about movies we love, and now we're just airing out our dirty laundry. There it is. all the kids to see. <laughs> no, the final honestly, episode. I didn't think it would end like this. No, truthfully, we've literally turned into the guys from the lighthouse. We just sit in this digital world together, and it's like I'm sick of your goddamn thoughts, your cinematic thoughts. I'm sick of why you just spill your beans. <laughs> no, honestly, look, man's best friend. I would recommend watching it if you like this kind of movie. If you like something that's this is like really cheeky and fun, watch it. If it's not yeah. if it's not your bag, that's fine. But there's a lot of stuff to like about this movie. That's so my final. I thought. I love movies that kind of know where they're at, right? I think it's one of the biggest sins in movies. Big time. The biggest sin in any movie is to be boring, right? That to me is the worst thing a movie can ever be. And what this movie does is it knows it has some shortcomings here or there. And what I think the movie does is it really utilizes to the nth degree this kind of really fun premise and these good performers. And again, I, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. This movie somewhat forsakes like diving a little deeper in the narrative of how they made him and blah, blah, blah. Sure. Just to give us a greatest hits of monster hybrid dog running amok. I think this movie is, again, I think it's it's knowing what you're capable of and delivering the best version of that rather sure. than trying to be something you're as not. Far as, and I, I think as far as what movie movies really are well. capable of delivering, Man's Best Friend does a fine job. Without question. I love movies that over deliver and I love movies that make weird choices. And this movie does that about three or four times you're watching and choice. you just go, what the fuck is happening right I, now? I <laughs> and I love that to, in movies. I have to find out if there's a version of the script where that dog has sex with a woman. I have to know. 
it's really Man. it's really important that I find out that that is real because there's no way. Well, that's not. probably the line that exists where some executives like, I'll go with you on some of the other stuff, but this is. Listen, bit if you want this dog to piss acid, you got to lose the part where he fucks that lady. Well, all right. You win some, you lose some. Like, that's like the, that was like the they, pitch They meeting. probably only shot that scene to slide the uh, collie sex past the MPAA. <laughs> it's one of those, yeah, they call them burner scenes, right? We'll throw that shit in there so we can cut it out. The MPAA will think they got one on us. I'll, I will tell you, I will tell you right now, if, the, if that dog had fucked a woman on screen, I 1,000%. Would have said this is the best movie I've ever seen in my life. That is weird. That is a weird cell phone. I mean, I guess that's the same as me having watched multiple movies with like weird mermaid sex and shit. Yeah, exactly. Out, I mean, Max is not a dog. To think of Max as a dog is completely wrong. Doesn't matter. Weird. He reminds me of that old blue song. Listen, I'm just if a you're gonna make dog. all like we were just talking about. I like movies that go take make weird choices. That's the weirdest choice they could have made, and the fact that they didn't, I respect. But at the same well, time, mostly because I you know, want to see the Predalien. I know that version. idea exists somewhere in the universe. Yeah, well, you want to see the Predalien, where like Ali, like Max with Ali Sheedy's haircut jumps out at the end. You're like, whoa, oh, yeah, that see, was worth that's it. That's what I want. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you want that version, right? Like, I get it. I get it. It happens, man. That's it, guys, for Man's Best Friend. Not for the rest of us. We'll all be enjoying this movie so many more times in our life. You know. Unlike old uh, pleb over there, old Dr. Moreau himself, Alex, with his highfalutin genetic phloem. <laughs> what are films. you talking about? In the it's show, so my late. God. Yeah. Do the socials. Leave the ratings and reviews. YouTube nerd alchemist plural with S at the end. I'm Josh Griffey. Bye. <laughs>